Welcome, welcome, welcome women to another exciting episode of Relentless, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janae Bryce. Please let me say how overjoyed and overwhelmed I have been by the positive response from our first episode, A Woman's Worth. Thank you, ladies, for liking and sharing and just helping me get the word out about this new platform in this new season. Before I jump into the word of God today, I just really want to send out sincere shout outs and heartfelt thank yous to those churches, organizations, nonprofits who have really um, supported my ministry down through the years, whether I was speaking at retreats or women's conferences or emceeing programs or just speaking poetry, I thank you for allowing me to share my gift with you. And I say, like Paul at the church at Philippi, he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, which means every time I think about you, I just praise God. So they're in no particular order, but first I really want to thank the Jubilee Evangelistic Ministries Church, of Sacramento, California, Pastor and Sister Walton. Thank you very much for allowing me to share my gift from that first women's retreat down through the years at the women's conferences or excuse me, women's annual days. Thank you to Sister Arlene and Sister Joyce. Y'all are my girls, my ride or dies. God bless you. And there'll be more shout outs. Um, Every time I record, I really want to thank God for those who have supported me down through the years. So as I prepared and prayed about what to share with God's women on the Relentless podcast today, um, the Lord impressed upon me a simple truth that there are few joys in this life that compare to sisterhood. Few joys like having a biological sister. You grow up recognizing that, yes, we are similar, but we are different. And if you're like me, you're doubly blessed because you have two. You grow up with the joys of having an instant best friend. And she can also be your worst enemy as you have to learn how to share your stuff, especially if you had to share a room. So you move from simply tolerating her in your younger years to really appreciating and celebrating her as we get older. You learn to celebrate her unique gifts, talents, abilities, and it's a joy to see her blossom into the woman that God would have her to be. So with that in mind, we're going to talk today about two sisters found in St. Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. St. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And again, I'll be reading out of the King James Version of the New Testament Scriptures. And it reads, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Again, we're going to be talking about a sister on the edge. A sister on the edge. So we're going to talk about four different points tonight. Well, today. Four different points today. And we're going to see where the Lord leads us. Number one, the situation. The situation. That is the background, the setting, the circumstances. So in these verses, we find the brief yet powerful story of Jesus, Mary, and Martha. Just a few verses earlier, though, we find Jesus having just finished preaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan. In this parable, Jesus extols or he commends the virtues of human compassion, self-sacrifice, kindness, and brotherly love. You remember the story. It goes, a certain man went down from Jerusalem and fell among thieves. Priest saw him and passed by on the other side. Show his coat. The Levite did the same. But the Samaritan came where he was, had compassion on him, bound up his wounds, poured oil and wine in the wounds, put him on his beast, took care of him, stayed with him overnight, and told the innkeeper, whatever he owes, I will settle the account when I get back. So the moral of the parable was brotherly love, human kindness. So it's against this backdrop of brotherly love that we see Jesus now coming into this sisterly house in Bethany. This sisterly house in Bethany. Now, point number two, the inclination. The inclination. Inclination means that knee-jerk response. That thing that you would do without thinking about it. It's just a part of your personality. And, and we're going to start at 38 again. And it says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. First of all, let's define some terms. Martha means lady. Lady. Mary means tear. Tear. So just with those definitions in mind, we see Martha is the lady of the house. How do you know that? Because looking back at verse 38, it says, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house, her house. She was the homeowner. She was the lady of the house. She had a vested interest here. Let me throw this in for free. See, if you don't own the house, um, you don't care as much about it, you know. I mean, if you own the house, you, you do care more about it than somebody who's just taking up residence. Did you, did you hear what I said? That is to say, if you own it, you're going to take care of it in a different way than somebody who's just sort of chilling. Come on, that's going to be important. Martha is a lady. That's what she is. Mary means tear. That's what she does. One is industrial. The other one is emotional. Come on. Y'all walking with me? So that's 38. We meet Martha. She received him into her house. Now look at verse 39. It says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. 
we see the differences in their personalities right off. Now, God created all of us as individuals. And what I love about Jesus is his willingness to accept us just as we are. Right away, the two distinct personalities of Mary and Martha begin to emerge. God is a God of variety. Never is this more evident than in the process by which he chose his 12 disciples. Each of them had different personalities, different occupations, different temperaments, backgrounds, and family structures, but he chose them anyway. Aren't you glad he chose you anyway? Despite flaws, downfalls, issues, and problems, he chose us anyway. I know I'm glad about it. Peter, who was inclined to talk too much and be the loud spokesperson, and he was the one most likely to cuss you and cut you. That was Peter. I'm just saying it was. Matthew, the Romans disliked him and the Jews distrusted him because he was a tax collector. Luke was the beloved physician. John was the compassionate, loving one. God is a God of variety. That's why gardens are so beautiful. Because roses and rhododendrons, daisies and dandelions, lilies and lavenders, peonies and pansies, calla lilies and carnations can live right there, side by side, coexisting beautifully. God is a God of variety. That's why the sea is so big, because the dolphin and the dogfish, the tiger shark and the tuna, the salmon and the swordfish, the porpoise and the pupfer fish can all exist together. Now, they got to be careful because one might eat the other one, but I'm just saying they're all in there. (laughs) Amen. Inclination, the inclination of these two sisters is striking. It's striking. See, when Jesus walked into their home, He wasn't walking in unfamiliar territory. He'd been there before. You remember Lazarus was his boy. Lazarus was his good friend. So he'd been to their home before. And let me throw this in. If you ever want to know how a person really is, follow them home. (laughs) It's different than that public persona. When people see, because when you get home, you let it all hang out. You know, you you, you just comfortable because this is yours. It's your home. We quickly learn that Martha is more inclined to work while Mary is more inclined to worship. Martha is more inclined to industry while Mary is more inclined to intimacy. With all our issues, quirks, particular bents, flaws, downfalls, Jesus says, I can still use you. Mary chose his feet, the place of humility and learning, while Martha chose his ear to vent her frustrations and lodge her complaints. And isn't it interesting that Jesus will listen to it all? Because Martha chose to be busy with her hands, running about, worrying with details and duties. She stays in the outer court, removed from the Savior, doing much but accomplishing very little, somewhere out in the kitchen. She gives us a clear picture of human effort and how human effort will never stand in the presence of a holy God. For the Bible says, let no flesh glory in his sight. Mary, on the other hand, has come into the Holy of Holies somewhere in the living room where the Savior is, right into his presence where worship takes place. She is privileged to be there because she chooses the posture of a servant and a student in worship and admiration of the Savior. This is so important because worship is not about what we do, but it's all about who God is. Come on. Now, now here it is, the conversation. So, So we've seen the situation, the background. The setup of the story. 
based on that parable of brotherly love, we move into the inclination, that knee-jerk reaction or response, that instantaneous thing you would do without thinking. Mary would worship. Martha would work. So now we come to point number three, the conversation. Somebody say conversation. Look at verse 40. This is getting good. But circle but in your Bible. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Look at the verbal exchange. This is getting so good I can hardly contain it. Verse 40 is very telling. In other words, Martha is saying, Lord, don't you see me? Lord, don't you care? Look at Mary in there chilling while I'm doing all. Now, this is my paraphrase. While I'm doing all this work, don't you see her? Now, now this is a word for my type A personalities. Now, now watch this. Jesus is not in her house, but for two verses. He got there in 38. But by verse 40, she's going off. Look how she talks to him, her guest. Look at it. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, don't you care? Now, Jesus, though he he had been in their house before, he was still considered their guest. Now, instead of talking to Mary, her sister, she doesn't even mention Mary at all. She goes straight to Jesus. Lord don't you see her? Now, I, and I could, can't you just see Martha in the kitchen with her hand on her hip, rolling her eyes while Mary is in the living room at the feet of Jesus? I could, I could just tell, to me, this is what's going through Martha's mind. Oh, the beds ain't going to make themselves. I mean, somebody got to do it. I mean, the dinner is not going to cook itself. I mean, somebody's got to do it. Now I got to put the unleavened bread in the oven. I done told Mary to milk the goat yesterday. Now we don't even have milk. Did she get the figs off the tree? Where are the grapes? And did anybody crush the olives? What about the water for the water basin to wash Jesus' feet? Mary just ain't doing nothing. And I'm getting sick and tired. And you could just see the smoke rising off her head. Now I got to pour the wine. I got to do everything. And and, and Jesus. And she won't even mention Mary no more. See, it's bad when you ignore somebody. And they standing right there. She said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Better tell her to come help me. Now, again, he's only been in her house for two verses. This is what I love about God. The Lord will allow you to vent. He'll allow you to get it off your chest. He will allow you to to just tell him all about it. Until he stops you. But see, what we have to be be cognizant of, yes, Martha had had enough, but what was she doing? She was so worried and so overly concerned with minutia that she was missing the Messiah. Tell your sister, don't miss God. Don't miss him. Even in the time of COVID-19 where we have to stay in the house, worship in your living room. Worship in your kitchen. Tell God thank you till the tears flow. 
for keeping you and your family, for your loved one still being in the land of the living. Don't miss the opportunity to still worship God because worldly distractions often lead to spiritual subtractions and distractions also can lead to overreactions. See, when your reaction does not fit the situation and you tend to blow your top, you might have to sit down a minute. You might, you might have to take a break. You, 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 you got to slow down. Because, see, it's easy to miss God when you're distracted. It's easy to miss him. Tell your sister, don't miss God. Martha almost missed him. Let's look at point four. The invitation. The invitation. So we looked at the situation, the background, the setting, the circumstances. We looked at the inclination, those knee-jerk responses, those things that you would do just because of who you are. We looked at the conversation, how Martha talked to both Mary and Jesus. Well, she didn't talk to Mary at all. She ignored Mary and went straight to Jesus. Lord, don't you care? She went off on the Savior. Don't go off on Jesus. The invitation. Number four. As we all know, an invitation is something verbalized or written intended to solicit one's presence at a particular occasion or event. There are different kinds of invitations. First, there are personal invitations. Those where only a select few are welcome. There is a guest list and is strictly enforced. Then there are those invitations that are considered blanket invitations where all are welcome. If we look carefully into verse 40, we find an example of both kinds of invitations. Again, it reads, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. The Bible says Martha came to him. She actually drew near to him. She stopped what she was doing. Now, it might have been out of frustration, but it's a blessing even when your frustration can lead you to Jesus. Let your frustration lead you to Jesus. She came into his presence. Martha, even in her busyness, I would venture to say, recognized that she too could come to Jesus. There was something magnetic about the Messiah, something charismatic about our Christ, so much so that Martha came to him. She experienced a personal invitation to be where he was. After all, he came into her house. The Bible says in James 4 and 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. While Martha personally came to Jesus, as we all must do for ourselves, Mary was already there. The Bible says in verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. So even though Mary got there first in verse 39, there was still room for Martha in verse 40. See, it reminds me of the old school song (laughs) that says, Uh, there is room. There's going to be a great coronation in the middle of the air, but you can't crown him till I get there. The Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It doesn't matter how you come, just come. Doesn't matter who got there first. This ain't no race. You can be toe up from the flow up decked on the outside and wrecked on the inside. He still bids us all to come. Tell your neighbor there's room at the cross. Come. There's room at the cross for you. Somebody said, if you get there before I do, save a seat for me. Because remember, you can't crown him till I get there. (laughs) Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. The Lord is trying to get Martha's attention Go ahead and put some of that down. 
Come on, cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. In closing, in this tale of two sisters, we find two different personalities, two different people, yet both got what they needed from Jesus. The Lord says we can't be so much like Martha where we swamped with detail and duty that we ignore the Lord sitting in our living room. Neither can we be so much like Mary that we are so deep and so spiritually contemplative and so up in the sky that we can't clean up our nasty houses. We got to strike a balance. Somebody say strike a balance. The old folks used to say you can't be so heavenly minded that you ain't no earthly good. See, the ideal woman is a little bit of Martha and a little bit of Mary combined. You got to be Martheri. She's a little bit of Mary and a little bit of Martha, a little bit of Martha, a little bit of Mary. She got to be Mary Martha. Come on, you got to strike a balance. You got to be a little bit of both. That is to say, you have to work and worship. You got to pray to God and pay your bills. You have to have a clean heart and a clean house. It's not either or. It's both and. What is the souvenir from today? The souvenir is, sister, come away from the edge. And remember, I came to Jesus just as I was, weary, wounded, and sad. I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Hallelujah.